Hello and welcome to Hello and welcome to a very special episode of The Unexplained with the time traveler and Mark the Wren. We are here to talk about one of the granddaddy of all conspiracies, the biggest who done it of all time and probably one of the great conversation topics whether it be at dinner parties, college lectures, or having a beer at the bar. Everyone seems to have an opinion on it, the JFK Conspiracy. This show is about the murder, of course, of John F. Kennedy on November 22nd, uh, 1963. And, and I have to say that I will have a Mark the Wren, Mark Wren, is a very big fan of the topic for many years, and um, I really can't give him any... Um, more. I mean, I, I can give him more praise, but I could just go on and on and on, and we don't have much time here. So as soon as he gets on the line, I will um, uh, go to him. But just in briefly, like my background of where I come at with this thing is that I just saw the JFK movie. Like I really have not delved too far into it. I do have some ideas. There's been a lot of different speculation. Um, about what happened. Some say that he didn't want to play ball with the bankers. He wanted to go back on the gold standard. Uh, that was something that was a no-no, uh, perhaps. Uh, that he also, uh, there's a lot of, um, there's also a lot of talk about, um, you know, maybe he knew something uh, about the Illuminati, and you know, we've been discussing about the Illuminati over and over again. Maybe he had some inner knowledge about secret societies, and uh, you know, he was just deemed to be uh, a, an agitator, somebody that maybe was just not uh, suited to to be in the presidency. Um, before, uh, well, actually, no. Let me just before I go on, let me bring on Mark Wren. Mark Wren, how you doing, man? Hey, Logan, how's it going? Good, man. So listen, man, well, let's get right into it, okay, because I was going to uh, make this into, the, you know, like, uh, get a, a paid subscription and make this a longer show, but I'm, we're going to do that. We're going to do that next week because I really want to hype it up, but we're, we we can't just, you know, we're not going to be able to get through all this stuff in this one show, but uh, for the next 30 minutes, if you want to get in and talk and, and call into the show and ask Mark Rand a question about it randomly. We'll get into all the big details in later shows, but like I just want to take this opportunity. If anyone wants to call in, they can call in. It's 626-213-5732. If there's one question that you have about the, um, you know, the, the Kennedy assassination, then ask it. But let's go to the um, uh, general inter- overview of uh, you know, what happened and what the story is. Okay. Uh, yeah. Right. I, I just want to preface, you, you know, the, the the program by a famous quote from the uh, from the movie JFK, which came out in 1991. And this is a a quote in the film from the character character David Ferry, who was played by uh, Joe Pesci, um, and he was being questioned by um, <coughs> Kevin Costner's character Jim Garrison in the movie, and he was being pressed on the on who killed um, JFK, and he actually came out with a quote. It's a mystery wrapped up in a riddle inside an enigma the shooters don't even know. Which mm-hmm. pretty much goes to, to show that even the people inside the plot or the people that carried out the actual murder probably don't even know what went on or you know, or or, or the outcomes or, or you know, who 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 did what with what shot if there was more mm-hmm. than three shots which is um which is what a lot of people think. Um but I just, I just want to basically just talk about my interest in in the uh, in the case. Um, yeah. I first became interested in this would be 1988, which would be 25 years from well the 25th anniversary um, of the assassination, which happened in um, 22nd November 1963. Um, I remember watching a program on the uh, on the on the TV here in the UK. Uh, it's, it's on a, one of our um, Terrestrial channels called Channel Four, and it was a uh, it was a documentary. It was called Dispatches: The Day the Dream Died, and it was basically a one-hour program that asked questions about the Warren Commission and its findings, and and basically putting forward the case that you know there was more to it than Oswald, or even if Oswald even 
to, you know, did, did a shot. Um, and about a year later in the uh, UK on a, one of the other channels, which is called um, ITV, which is the second biggest channel over here, um, there was a, was a five-part series um, broadcast, um, and the show was called "The Men Who Kill Ken- the Men Who Kill Kennedy," mm-hmm. um, and this basically covered uh, the, the stuff that was covered in the Channel Four program, along with going over the various theories, uh, the questions. Um, basically, sort of d- destroyed the Warren Commission and um, just put forward some of the many theories that people um, that get into. Um, and obviously, a few years later than that. The JFK movie came out in 1991, and that kind of created a, a lot of interest for the, for the mainstream, perhaps, perhaps people that didn't know too much about the, the subject other than what they'd been told or what they'd been learnt, what they'd learnt about in school or, or read in the newspapers about, you know, it was a, a, a lone killer, Harry Oswald, and uh, seeing this um, movie, which um, put forward a lot of different scenarios and and uh, had an absolute all-star cast. Um, in the movie, uh, you know, a three-hour-plus movie, which normally three-hour movies don't tend to do too good at the movies, um, did actually really good box office and, and did really well when it came out on uh, <coughs> on VHS. And that kind of and that kind of uh, ex- you know exploded my curiosity, and I started kind of getting VHS tapes and books, and then eventually DVDs and, and magazines about it, and then just just basically just started reading and just trying to hear stuff on the subject, and just became you know this massive case of not just one or two people it just became more than more than Kennedy and, and Oswald and, and Ruby it just became you know a list of like hundreds of characters people in the CIA people in the Dallas police people in the Secret Service people um, eyewitnesses at the at the time uh, people that Oswald had met in his life it just uh, amazing jigsaw of, of characters and you know, it's. I mean, we're going to be t- talking about the case, but it's. It's. Uh, I mean, no one. No one man can can possibly know precisely what went on. That's why there's so many people with different theories about. I think. Um, yeah. Recent recent surveys and surveys that have carried out over the years have pretty much showed that, round about, if you were to take a, you know, a survey, about 80% of people uh, say that there was a, there was a conspiracy and. You know, it wasn't just Oswald alone, or in fact, whether it's Oswald at all, which we'll, uh, which we'll try and get into. So, if we want to, I just want to go over some of the basic facts of the case, and the, these are, you know, these are the sort of Warren Commission findings. You know, this is the official government word. position. Yeah, this is the official government position on, on what you know allegedly happened um, in the uh, in the assassination of uh, uh, President Kennedy. Um, they, they basically they, they summed up. Um, it was a it was a commission headed by uh, Chief Justice Earl Warren, um, which was um, uh, formed by um, uh, President Lyndon Johnson. To because um, there was already people, um, there was a lot of inquiries going on in Texas and Washington about it. So he just decided to form just a blue blue ribbon commission just to tie. Just to tie everything up and try and get a, you know, a, a uniformed, you know, one group decision on 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 the facts that they were investigating or or supposedly investigating and try and get word out. And after they published 28 volumes, which came out in October of the following year, they just concluded that <clears throat> the shots that killed uh, President Kennedy and wounded Governor Connolly were fired from the sixth floor window at the southeast corner of the Texas School Book Depository. The weight of the evidence indicates that there were three shots fired. Uh, the shots that killed President Kennedy and wounded Governor Connolly were fired by Lee, Har- Lee Harvey Oswald. Witnesses at the scene said they saw a rifle in the window during the shooting and afterwards. That's basically their sort of summary of what happened, and they managed to spread this out over 28 volumes of, of eyewitness testimony and, and research into Oswald's um, personal life and, and marine career and and basically anyone that was uh, anyone that was involved in the assassination were were questioned and um, <clears throat> referenced in the in the uh, in the Warren Commission. Um, as everyone knows, or, or they probably should know, um, JFK was was um, was killed at 12:30. 
um, noon time, noon uh, Dallas time, on um, 22nd of November 1963, and um, Lee Harvey Oswald was uh, arrested approximately an hour after that in the um, in the Texas theater in a suburb called Oak Cliff, which is um, uh, probably less than 10 miles away from from Dealey Plaza, where the actual shooting took place. Um, and from from the, from then onwards, it became just a a media whirlwind. I mean, you you wouldn't you wouldn't see this the, the type of things that happened then. You would never see in in this day and age now. If someone of prominence was was shot, you wouldn't see that. You wouldn't have TV cameras showing the people walking about the police station, being interviewed by reporters. It's just amazing to watch the the, the coverage that they had back then of of Oswald being walked around in handcuffs with these uh. You know, Dallas detectives wearing their cowboy hats and stopping to talk to reporters and and uh, and harassment going on and it's it's just incredible to watch the. I mean, we're in such a media age now where there's YouTube and there's mobile phones with video capability and people have got camcorders and and anything that can be can be filmed. Um, it's just remarkable watching the um, the footage from from that era. Yeah, um, surreal. Yeah, it is absolutely surreal. Um, yeah, so that's basically the Warren Commission um, findings. Um, I mean, there's there's so much to get into details about when. Okay, well, yeah, let's let's talk about um, JFK um, things happening in and around the '60s. Uh, give sort of a background there, like who was JFK as a president, um, and also I have a question in terms of. You know what were it about his policies that maybe would have wanted certain forces in the government to you know get him out of the way? Yeah. Um, well, you know the public have got a fascination with Kennedy and and the families. I mean, Kennedy as a president. Um, well, for a start, he was he was the youngest ever um, youngest ever president of the United States. Um, first Catholic too, right? Yeah, first Catholic as well. Yeah, um, obviously with the the advent of the tele, of the television age, with with um, more and more people getting television sets in their houses, he was really the sort of first kind of media friendly sort of first president to come. Telegenic. Yeah, very photogenic. He was kind of the first president to come to terms with you know the the television age, and um, um, it's interesting that when he was um, <clears throat> when he was uh, What's the when he was canvassing to become president and his uh, his opponent was um was uh, Richard Nixon, uh, they had a television debate and uh, on the television debate, um, uh, the people were people were polled about the debate. There were people that heard the debate on the radio and there were people that heard the debate on the television. And the people that heard the debate on the radio thought that Nixon was the clear winner of the of this televised debate, but the people right. watched television said that Kennedy clearly won it because if you watch the actual television broadcast you can see Nixon um sweating and and you can see Kennedy kind of relax and 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 smiling and you know and looking charismatic and handsome and uh, Nixon sort of shifty and sort of sweating and mopping his brow but obviously that doesn't come across on radio but on the, in the television age that that was all important and uh when it came to the um the uh, 1960 election um JFK just about got past um, Richard Nixon. I mean, there's there's rumours and of uh, things that went on that got Kennedy into the actual White House. But I mean, that's probably another subject to get into another day. But, well, I mean, um, he was thought of as to be maybe. I mean, there's always the story of Chicago and the um, yeah that's stuff, what I was ballot mention, boxes. Yeah, yeah exactly. Uh, yeah. And dead people yeah. voting and and all that. I mean, uh, it, it, you know, it's 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 kind of parallels what they say about Obama, how Acorn elected him, you know. But um, but anyway, so we have JFK, basically this young president um, coming of you know uh, up at a time when television is is big. So he's got a lot of momentum behind him. He's he's a yeah. very popular I mean, guy, and yeah, maybe I mean, this power a- starts to go to his head. He starts to think that he's like the, actually is the leader of the country instead of just the puppet of the Illuminati. But anyway, yeah, go on. <laughs> that, that's, that's yeah, that's something that, that some people go go along with. You know, you you get into this office and you think, right, well, I can just control things, but you kind of you can only control things to a certain to a certain level, and you you, you still you, there's you know there's always rumours that there's this kind of 
there's even people above you know above presidents that that can make decisions but um I mean Kennedy himself I mean I I'm I'm quite I'm quite interested in the whole decade of the 60s you know as mm-hmm. as a, as a subject itself if you look at the you know the the decade of the 60s you've got you know JFK obviously becoming president at the start of the decade you've got the you've got the moon landing at the end of the decade in in 69 and then you've got all the things that went on in in, in the 60s you've got you know, JFK's murder you've got Robert Kennedy's murder you've got the civil rights yeah. um, issues going on, you've got Martin Luther King um, being murdered, you've got Malcolm X being murdered, then you've got all these right. pop culture things going on, you've got the Beatles being the biggest band in the world, you've got, you know, and you've got, you know, the music of like Motown and, and you've got like Elvis in his prime and you've got, you've got sports personalities like Muhammad Ali, you know, being in their prime, it's just an, an unbelievable era to, to, um, <coughs> to, to read about and um, to, to observe. Yeah, and and you know, uh, just just I should note, like what what we witnessed in the '60s was the culmination of the the um, the culmination of like Roosevelt policies for the middle class, and and they had the power to kind of protest, you know, for civil rights and this and that, and they the the right saw the '60s and they they really hated it, and they you know it, it so I mean. As a symbol, as a, of of kind of like the free thinking that involved the '60s. I mean, Kennedy was right up there. Uh, he was a, a revolutionary president, and he was going to try to do some revolutionary things. And uh, you know, that probably didn't sit too well with people. Yeah, if you look at all the things that were going along in the in the in the political arena of, of the time, you've got um, you've got the uh, notorious um, Bay of Pigs invasion yeah. of uh, of Cuba, which happened in. Um, early 1961 and then you've got the um the Cuban missile crisis which happened in uh 1962 and they were both yeah pivotal events that are still talked about and discussed and debated and probably there's probably university courses and 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 things about them topics now about what happened you know what was the what was Kennedy's dealings with Castro what was Kennedy's dealings with um Nikita Khrushchev um all yeah. those type of things he- so yeah, so he had this kind of you know he was facing off with the Russians. He was facing off with the mafia. His his brother was going after the mob big time. You know, I mean the mob really suffered some serious blows during the Kennedy administration, um, even that short span of time because of the two you know the two prong attack by the brother as the attorney general, and uh, wasn't he the attorney general? Yeah, Robert was. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I mean they were going after hard the mafia. And it was interesting because the mafia, you know, everyone thought, you know, that they helped the Kennedys get in. So yeah. there was a lot of, you know, bad blood there, too. It was like, hey, we helped you get in the office and now you're going to crack down on us, you know? <laughs> yeah, I mean, so, there's a great great deal of evidence uh, and um, great deal of evidence that um, the Kennedys' um, father, Joe, uh, Joe Kennedy, was, um, you know, he was a bootlegger and he was... Um, he was affiliated with the the mob going back, you know, to like the you know the twenties and thirties, and uh, but obviously if if uh, you know it's, it's not it's not really known whether JFK was aware of his father's connection with the mob, and you know ignored it or or, or what, but they certainly they certainly went after you know the likes of Jimmy Hoffa and the, and the mafia, um, and uh, yeah, well, anyway, I mean it's just you know. He just he pushed up you know a, a lot of people around that you know probably had a, could have held a grudge, which is what makes it so hard to solve the the mystery of who killed him because it could have been a, you know a variety of even people working together. But anyway, but let's go on talk about exactly um, what you think the shooting what happened in this shooting, um, and 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 what you think the actual story is as opposed to the one that the, the government has put out there. Yeah, I mean, p- people were probably familiar with the, the government's theories that there was um, that there were three shots fired at, at Kennedy. That um, two. But the evidence is yeah contrary. To yeah, that theory. I mean, yeah, yeah. The uh, I mean, there's a lot of theories as to how many shots there were. There's um, uh, I think a lot of a lot of researchers and a lot of people interested in the case. Obviously, they know that there were more than three. And there seems to be a consensus among researchers that the minimum amount of shots was <clears throat> was five, 
and, and as m maybe as, as many as a dozen shots fired from different locations, in, including you know using weapons with, with silencers. Um, the you know, the thing that the kind of the kind of the Rosetta Stone for the Kennedy assassination is is the the home video shot by um, Abraham Zabruder, who was um, a Dallas businessman, Dallas dressmaker, who actually decided just to go there kind of on a whim and take his uh, newly purchased um, home movie camera with him and decided to stand um, kind of a little bit in front of where the grass you know area is in, in Dealey Plaza and decided to film the actual um, presidential parade. Um, and then a few years later when researchers were trying to um, investigate further into the case, it was found that there was um, there was a Dixie Belt recording from a, from a motorcycle cop that was actually part of the motorcade and he'd left his he left his he left his um, microphone open during the parade, and the actual microphone picked up the the the, uh, the, the sounds of gunfire. And after they'd done, mm. you know, audio analysis, they kind of detected at least six shots. And really, that's kind of the the good thing about the Zabruder film is that it kind of acts as a, a time frame of the, the assassination. You, you can sort of see the first kind of reaction of something happening. And you kind of you, you say that's the start, and then you, you see that the headshot is, is the final part of the shoot, and then you, you've got a time frame of how many shots can happen between that period. The government decided to say that there were just three shots, and they took place. They only took like 5.7 seconds to happen, which you know someone operating a rifle and trying to shoot. You try and shoot three times without even aiming in like 5.6, say six seconds. It's literally impossible. And they found out that you know Oswald's rifle had like a defective scope, and it was like a bolt action uh, cartridge, uh, manual cartridge loading rifle, where you know you you shoot it and you have, you wait till the the bullet uh, pops out, and then you you recoil and and load the next thing in the chamber. And this is all without aiming, you know. This, you know, the like one of the famous quotes in the JFK movie, you know. One of the characters says just, the guy just couldn't do the shooting. Just no one could. That's why there's just not one shooter. No one could do the. Sh no one can shoot three times in, in in that amount of time. And they've had sharpshooters. They've had army people. They've had FBI trained people trying to recreate this thing, and no one's been able to to do it w without shooting. Hmm. Um, yeah, but when this, I mean, I've seen various documentaries, and the the consensus seems to be round about six shots but the, the the most famous thing regarding the shooting is um the so-called magic bullet which was the um which is also known known as Warren Commission exhibit 399 where they're basically it saying that a shot came from behind entered Kennedy's entered Kennedy's um neck um then <clears throat> went through his uh went through uh his chest and came out and hit Governor Connolly's uh, rib and broke that kind of changed direction and then smashed into his wrist so like there's one bullet supposedly can just go through someone's throat keep change direction in <laughs> midair yeah. and just break someone's rib and then break someone's wrist and then when they, when they actually found the bullet on the uh, on the stretcher at Parkland Memorial Hospital the, the bullet looked like you know it just barely like been dropped barely dented you know barely any any uh, damage to it it's just absolutely ludicrous yeah, yeah. So it's clearly, it's like it's almost like that magic bullet theory is just like a big middle finger, you know, in the whole report. Just like you know what, fuck you. This is our story. Go fuck yourself. Because it's like who the, f I mean, the idea that a, bu a, a bullet would defy physics to then make the explanation for this stupid report. I mean, I that, yeah. to me that just laughs in everybody's face, you know. Uh, yeah, th and that that was one that was one of the shots and then the other two shots they're saying that the one shot one shot missed and and uh and hit a curb and and, and ricocheted off and caught a bystander on the on the cheek and cut his cheek and then and then obviously the third and final shot was the was the um really awful awfully visually um bad uh, headshot where you see uh, Kennedy's head being thrown violently back and <clears throat> back and yeah. to the right um which obviously Bad is a, is a right. famous scene in the, in the in the JFK movie but that that's that's the official that's the official line and you know the the other kind of the, the line that's kind of consensus among researchers that there were six shots the first shot probably missed and hit the bystander the second shot 
hit Kennedy in the uh, throat from the front. Um, if you actually watch the Zabrida film, you see Kennedy put his hands up to his neck. Um, third shot was fired from behind and, and took him in, in the back, and that was probably from the Texas School Book Depository or uh, another high um, high vantage point from behind. Fourth shot um, hit Connolly and broke his um, ribs. The fifth shot came from the front, most likely the grassy knoll, although there are other um, talked about locations, including a storm drain and, um, and the triple lane um, underpass. And... Uh, Obviously, that that frontal shot was the one that hit from the from the front moved Kennedy back and <coughs> back and to the left, um, which was the famous uh, scene in the Kennedy in the JFK movie. And uh, the last That's shot, right. the last shot, um, which came literally fractions of a second after the the headshot, um, missed Kennedy and hit Connolly and broke his wrist. But there's there's various scenarios put forward by people about where the shots came from. Most popular locations are obviously the southeast corner of the Texas School Book Depository. Although there's rumours that a shot might have come from this, um, the, the western end of it. Um, there's also another building that's um, just across the uh, just, got to, just across the road from the Texas School Book Depository. And that's called the Dow Tex Building. There's uh, rumours of a, of a shooter that was uh, in a location there. Obviously, you've got the, the famous grassy knoll behind a uh, picket fence, and then there's there's some other buildings where really high up that people are, t- are talking about where shots come from. It's it's you can see a map you, if you research this on on the internet. You can see maps of all the various locations, and it's literally unbelievable. So so then so to tell me then like. Do you have a unified theory of what happened, or do you just think that – are you just there to poke holes in the official story? I mean, do you – can you come up with a story? Well, I mean, there, there are obviously a lot, lot of various theories. The one that I – think from from sort of getting into this over the last sort of 20 years or something, the, the theory that I sort of tend to go along with more than, more than other theories is is – Rogue elements in the um, in the CIA is is, is the um, is a theory that I go along with. Just just from examining various evidence of, of there looked like there were actual operatives in the actual area. Um, there's a, a famous uh, photograph which is called the Three Tramps, um, where people were um, arrested shortly after the assassination in the railroad yards that were behind the grassy knoll and couple of the people that were and these people were photographed um, and a couple of them uh, looked look to have been um, revealed as CIA um, agents and, and real top top um, top of the line people like E. Howard Hunt is a is a famous name that's um, mentioned as one of the three tramps and apparently these these people were photographed and, and seen walking around Dee Plaza and they had you know listening ear devices in their ears and, and you know and walkie talkies and things something that only you know intelligence agencies would would have to, to communicate you know around what, what was going on um, and I think that the elements in the CIA had a lot of motive to, to do away with Kennedy um, especially after Kennedy fired three of them after the um, Bear Pigs fiasco um, mm-hmm. and uh, ironically one of the the the, the, uh, the top the, the chief of the CIA um, at the Bear Peaks time was a man called Alan Dulles, and actually, ironically, the uh, one of the most senior people on the Warren Commission was that actual same man. So it's like someone, you know, Kennedy fired him, made him look stupid. So you know, he got his revenge, and he end, and he ended up being on a commission that was investigating, you know, a, a hated enemy's death. You know, what do you think? What do you think is going to be the outcome? You know, it's, but that's yeah, yeah, that's what I'm going. That's what I'm going along with. I mean, there's so many other theories that we can get into at another time. I mean, a lot of people say. What about them Johnson? Like, there's yeah. a lot of stuff about Johnson, right? I mean, like things he's said and did uh, prior to and up to well, the, I mean, after even, the shooting. Even Jack Ruby, in an interview after he was arrested, um, said, you know, if um, if you want to, you know, kind of look at uh, who had most to gain? Just look at the look at the guy in office now, type of thing. And if you certainly look at 
you know, when when you're when you're a cop or when you're a, a detective or something, and you're looking at a murder, you kind of look at it, you know, motive, means, and opportunity is sort of a, a police a police saying. And if, if you look at who, who had to, who had, you know, who had who had the motive, or well, he certainly had the motive because with Kennedy out the way, he becomes president. He certainly had the means because when you're as, as, as powerful as that, you can cover things up all the way down. And an opportunity, well, he, the opportunity. I mean, he was in. He was in, you know, he was in Dallas, Texas, which is his home state. You can have things, you know, if, if you're in a suitable scenario where you know people in the area and, and can organise things that way, you can you can get it done that way. There are even um, there's even been stories about fingerprints being found in the sixth floor of the Texas School Book Depository by, uh, and, it, and it, the fingerprints being identified as as one of Linda Johnson's closest friends and that that was a known a known killer. So hmm. there there certainly is a lot of uh I mean as with a lot of theories there there are ways that you can there are pros and cons for each type of thing. There's the people mention the mafia mafia, people mention like the CIA or, or rogue elements, which is one that I tend to go along with more than most. There's the FBI with J. Edgar Hoover obviously had a lot of power and they were looking to JFK was looking to retire Hoover, but Hoover, you know, wanted to stay on. You got mm. the likes of Castro and, and and Russia, and you got like Johnson, and you got Texas Oilman, and you, you, another one that people obviously often mention is um, not really a, a person, but more of a group. It's uh, the military-industrial complex. Yeah, well, yeah. Which is kind of well, like let's, kind of a fancy way of saying the war machine. You know, Kennedy was. You know, was um, going to pull the troops out of um, Vietnam, and you look at how much money and profit can be made, you know, yeah. out of wars. But didn't you know. he bring them into Vietnam? I mean, that's what's kind of odd there. I mean, maybe he brought them in only a limited, in a limited scope. Yeah, but, it was. Uh, yeah, it was. It was. It was limited numbers. I mean, they were technically called. They were technically called um, advisors. They weren't sort of called like you know. Right. Right. Invading invading troops. It was like you know they were they were advisors, and there wasn't really. A military, it wasn't really, you know, um, action. Um, that right, way, it didn't, it, they didn't step it up. Well, yeah, let me give this up. caller here uh, before we get on uh, a little bit further into that subject because that's an interesting topic. But I just want to get somebody's uh, been on hold for a long time here, Justin T. Um, are you there, sir? Yeah, hi, how are you? Hey, Justin. Hey, hello. I just want to say good show as usual, and, uh, you know, after Brian dropped the whole after that, I think it's good to see someone keeping it going and just uh, ignore the idiots like like Fred Garvin and, and keep it going. Really, so. <laughs> oh, yeah, well, awesome, you know. thanks, man. No, it's a, we it's know a great we show, know so. who he works for. We know who yeah. he's working for. Yeah, and I just want to say that because uh, it's, it's it's really good. So thanks. <laughs> thanks Thank Justin. you. Anything else you want to uh, no, add? That's it. And you, have, you have any questions? Well, I'm not. I'm not all. I don't know loads about JFK, so it's interesting listening. So I'll let you get back to it, and I'll I'll just listen. Thanks. Great. Okay. Thank you, sir. Uh, there. That. That's the kind of listener that we want for the show. One that. Yep. None of the trolls. <laughs> um, none of the Fred Garvins of this world. Yes. Um, and we have somebody uh, in the chat named Gay Ass Vampire. So. Wow. We're we're sporting a lot of different. Uh, I think his name is Arthur Ass Gay. Oh no, that's another guy. Oh. Uh, <laughs> but anyway. So um, you were saying then the military-industrial complex. Obviously, let's just break that down because I don't think people a lot of it's it's often been referred to as the military congressional industrial complex because it involves the Congress as a as a willing cohort. But uh, even Eisenhower had spoken against this entity. Republican President um, Dwight D. Eisenhower, on his farewell speech, talked about the growing influence. That's oh, right. Yeah, that's there. actually feat. That's actually featured on the opening credits of the JFK movie, where you actually see Eisenhower talking and saying, uh, "You know, we must we must guard against the influence, um, whether sought or unsought, from the military-industrial complex. We must never, you know, allow the weight of their influence, um, you know, uh, take control. Basically, so you know, he he, you know, he he probably knew what was going on." Well, and and um, have you ever heard of uh, the project Northwoods? Yeah, Operation Northwoods. Yeah. 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 Now, this was a plan by the military that was drawn up at a time when there were hostilities with uh, Cuba. Were, Cuba. Yeah. 
were big, and they wanted a reason to go into Cuba and get rid of Castro. And so they they proposed, apparently they proposed this to Kennedy himself, um, taking out a building in Chicago or some city, blaming it on Castro, and then going in and, and, and you know, having a war over there. Um, yeah, that's Kennedy, right. There were, there were a few scenarios that they put, that, that they put forward. One of them was... Um, was kind of uh, having um, like an aeroplane and, and having it kind of um, uh, decorated in in um, in uh, American co- colours and having it kind of shot down, you know, right. and saying that Castro did it and it all kind of being like a false flag operation and uh, that, a lot that's like nine eleven. Yeah, yeah. So well, that'd be <laughs> another thing. We that'd be another one one that we can get into in a couple of months' time. Six yeah, weeks, about six weeks' time. Yeah. Wow, ten point, years. The whole point we're talking about is just that, you know, here's a here's a clear like the military has this Project Northwoods. It's public now. They that was their plan, and now people, you know, think of these 9/11 conspiracists, and they're like, "You're crazy." Well, it's not a crazy notion. These people, they want war. They 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 need to perpetuate their own you know existence as a war machine, and so it's it's all money. It's all you know. It's a business. It's a racket, you know. It's a racket, so, yeah. It's a famous quote: "War is a racket." Yeah. By Smedley Butler. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, so um, you have this, you know, military-industrial. Con- obviously, we can see now that it is a major force in our politics. We have three wars going on right now that we don't even need to be fighting. That's just like you know. You have also the prison complex. You have everything basically. The the big business privatization of all you know, <laughs> the functions of of government, um, and you have this guy you know maybe who was against that and who probably stood in the way of of, of some plans. Um, but let's talk about before you know we're gonna uh, we, we won't go too long onto this, um, but we just want to get some of the basics out of here. Um, and I, you, you know you you were you came to Texas. I mean you had you, there's some pictures here. Of you actually meeting with somebody who researched this stuff, um, and you mentioned a little bit in your intro, but was this a trip you made special to figure this out? I mean, is this something that has this been an obsession with you? Well, it's not really been an obsession. It's just something I've been, you know, interested in. People have their own little things that they they follow or, or things that they they collect or mm-hmm. things that they do in their life where they more interested in. in Certain topics and others, and I just wondered over the years after seeing you know all these documentaries and, and reading the books and thinking you know what just one one day I'm gonna actually just I mean I, I like going to you know I like going to America on vacation uh, any case, but I've never actually been to uh, to to Dallas. I've always been to like Orlando or or New York or LA or Vegas or some other places. I, I thought well this this year I'm just gonna go to I'm gonna go to Dallas and I'm gonna go around about the time that the uh, the anniversary of the um, assassination is because there's always something there's, going there's on researchers. There. There's always something going on. There's there's always a, one or two conferences that, that happen, and if you go to these conferences, you meet a lot of people that are into the same stuff as you do. People are there selling their books and DVDs, just like you, you can see. You hear of conventions happen all around the country to do with, you know, UFOs or Star Trek or Star Wars or people of common interest that get together, and you, you know, you kind of you're not a geek. Amongst geeks, if if you get what I'm saying, people are, people there know what you're talking about, and you can sit around and talk about stuff. And there are people that there are published authors there, and there are people giving uh, like seminars and speeches, and uh, it's all quite interesting. And I decided last year just to you know just to go for it, and um, and I booked and went to um, Dallas, and I attended this um, conference called the uh, Copa Conference, which is uh, Copa is um, Short for uh, the coalition coalition on political assassinations, and uh, it was like a went over like three days of, of various talks and and uh, and the such like, and, and visiting some of the um, actual sites of um, the things that are associated with the JFK assassination, and it was a a really interesting trip, and I got some great photographs and some great video footage, and I met I met some authors and. If people see the thread, there's an actual picture of me shaking hands with uh, a gentleman called James Tag, who was actually the the uh, who was actually the wounded bystander during the shooting. He's obviously a, oh. a, a, an elderly man now. He's you know he's uh, 
Uh, he, he must be around about uh, getting on for so 80 view? or so. Sorry? What's his view? Well, he um, he, he tends to go along with the uh, conspiracy um, viewpoint. Um, he, th- he thinks that there was no more than three or four shots. Um, but, I mean, he, he was standing quite a distance away on the... You know, so on, he believes on, the official story. To, to a certain, he, he, he's he's one of he's one of these Americans where you, you just don't want to think bad of your government. You want to believe that your government's never pulling the wool over your eyes. You know he'll wear, you know he'll fly the stars and stripes. You know he's all day long. He's a good old Texan boy. You know he doesn't want to hear bad government. But all, all the things that have gone on, you know he's he's he, he leans towards, you know that. If if it was Oswald, then he certainly had help. But if it wasn't him, then you know there was a there was more going on than, than meets the eye. Um, but yeah, I mean he he's got a book that's he's had a published book, book there, and there's another picture of me with um, uh, a guy called Robert Groden, who's probably one of the preeminent researchers um, on the uh, whole JFK assassination. He was actually Oliver Stone's technical assistant on the um, JFK movie, and he's had several books published and there's probably there's probably almost no one better in the world on on the subject than than Robert Groden and he's uh, he actually has um kind of a, a table set up in um in Dealey Plaza on the, actually on, on the grassy knoll kind of most days of the week where he's uh where he, he gives lectures and uh and sells um his um his books and um and DVDs and he's a really great guy cool man so, so that that that's like a whole little thing. That it's kind of like what happened at uh, Roswell, you know. I mean, they have this whole like cottage industry that has, uh, you know. Yeah, that's right. That's a word that I was thinking. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you can go to these things that are to do with these various events, and there are people there that that have got their own uh, things going on, and you can you meet other people that are interested in the subjects. I mean, I went to this conference, and there was probably uh, probably a couple of hundred people there. Yeah, you know, which is, and there were, there were, uh, it was kind of presented in like a, a lecture type thing. You'd go along and you'd you'd have you you could take notes and you could and people would would ask questions from the uh, from the audience and you could speak to the authors and you could hang out with them afterwards. You can go for a drink, you can have a meal. Um, it was just a, a really interesting time. And in in obviously in t- 2013 will be the 50th anniversary of the uh, Kennedy wow. assassination. I'm, I'm Thinking about going back, going back then, but it was um, it was very interesting to finally get to a place where that you've only you've only seen on TV and only seen in pictures, and you actually get to the get to actually go to the place and stand, stand you know, to stand behind the the picket fences like a you know kind of a, a really strange experience, and to actually go and stand on the on the sixth floor, although you can't actually. Go into the window where Oswald allegedly shot from because that's been blocked off. But you know, part hmm. of the part of the sixth floor now is kind of a a museum, but it's kind of it's towing the government line, and there's basically hardly any um, thought or or debate given to any conspiracies. There's basically just like a couple of meters given away on like a wall, saying here are some of the other theories put forward. But basically, everything else in the museum is Oswald did it. You know this, that, this, that, and the other. But it was a, it was oh, a good okay, trip. yeah. We should talk about Oswald because uh, we haven't really discussed him. And he was, of course, you know, the famous patsy for this whole thing. Um, and then he was quickly murdered by Jack Ruby, um, who was another character in this very strange. Um, but let's hear a little bit about Oswald. Like, who was this guy? And uh, you know, how, how did they dig him up, or how did they make him into this, you know, patsy? Well, from, from from all the research that a lot of people have done, it's believed that he, he you know, he worked for the intelligence um, community. You know, he was a, you know, a, an informant for the FBI, and um, he worked for um, naval intelligence. Uh, I mean, Oswald had been to Russia, hasn't hadn't he? Yeah, he'd, he'd, been, been, to... he'd, he'd been to Russia, and and you know, the Warren Commission claimed that he defected there, but it's it's believed that he was the, the double the, agent. Yeah, he was he was basically the. Um, the um, Office of Naval Intelligence and and uh, was basically a forerunner to the um, to the CIA, and they were running a kind of a fake defector program at the time, and they believed that Oswald was a 
he was a fake defector at the time. He's like a double agent. So he went over to Russia and and you know and announced he wanted to have Russian citizenship. I mean, initially they didn't believe him. They sort of had him. They sort of had him in for six weeks of kind of debrief and interrogation by um, <coughs> by uh, the Russian authorities. Um, but they kind of got his story. I mean, when Oswald came back to America a couple of years later, you know, he had a Russian wife, and he actually gave interviews on radio stations in New Orleans where he basically he kind of gave away his role in Russia. He basically said uh, they said about defected. He said, "Well, I don't really, I didn't really defect. Well, uh, you know, at all times I was regarded as an American citizen, and uh, um, but I wasn't." I wasn't looked after by the government, but you know, by the American government. But I was, I was always considered an American citizen, and he almost basically just gave the, gave the game away. If you're doing kind of spy work, you, ne- you can never blow your cover. But right. um, it's, it's believed that I mean Oswald was also in in the um, Marines earlier earlier on in his um, career as well. But you know the Warren Commission and, and people that go along with the lone assassin theory kind of portray him as this sort of loner that just wanted this attention, but. You know, when Oswald was arrested, he he, he just denied everything, and it, he I was, emphatically denied these charges. Yeah, I'm just a patsy. I emphatically deny these charges. If he, if he if he was some loner that wanted attention, why 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 wouldn't he why wouldn't he just admit it? Why did he deny it every opportunity when the cameras were, were around? He was he just denying denying everything. If you if you're an undercover operative or a spy or something, you you know you you just deny everything. You you, you know you yeah, never said. But he he definitely took a shot at the president, right? I mean, he, he just said he wasn't the only one. Are you saying that he had no hand in this at all? From from, from what I've uh, read and from what I've investigated, it's believed that no, he 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 didn't even he didn't even take a shot that day. That there were oh, uh, so he wasn't even in the in that apartment with the gun. Well, he he was in the building because he worked there, but actually, but, I mean, at the he time, wasn't he the was, one. He didn't pull any triggers that day. No, it's, it's believed that he was still working undercover at that time, and he was actually in the second floor, which was the lunchroom. And it's believed, if you, and, and if you actually watch the JFK movie, they kind of cover this that he was, you know, he was kind of waiting for a, he, he was trying to, he was trying to break, he was trying to break, you know, the, the, the people that were that were that were going to do the assassination. He was waiting for a phone, he was waiting for a phone call from a from a from a contact to, you know, to 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 to, to stop it. You know, he wasn't even in the sixth floor. Um, when, when it actually happened, there's various things that that are covered in in books where they they took um they took a a nitrate test, which is um where it's determined if you if when you're holding a rifle and you've obviously got the rifle next to your the cheek, residue. They, yeah, residue, and and there was no residue no, no residue on his cheek, and they tried to take a palm they tried to take a, a palm print on the um, rifle that they allegedly found in the uh, sixth floor. And they found no palm print on it, um, and then it was sent sent to the FBI, and they examined it, and they couldn't find a palm print. And then they sent it back to uh, to uh, to Dallas and said, you know, I think you better find a palm print. And obviously Oswald died a couple of days after the assassination, and uh, they actually got a palm print um, after he had died. But this was only after apparently uh, the guy who run the uh, funeral parlour. Where Oswald was uh, <clears throat> in the morgue, uh, said that you know unknown men in suits came, uh, went into the room with Oswald, closed the door, came back out five or ten minutes later. And then when the mortician himself went into the Oswald's room in the morgue, he, um, he looked at Oswald's hand and like, Oswald's hands were like black, black of ink. So they'd obviously taken the uh, the palm print there and then from the uh, from from the dead Oswald that was in the uh, funeral parlour from from the morgue. Wow. So, you Those know, just to, just for that extra bit of framing. They really wanted to tidy this thing up, and it was tidied up. Obviously, having killed him uh, using Jack Ruby, and then Jack Ruby himself, um, what, killing himself? Or what, he got, or he, how did he die? Well, Jack, Jack Ruby um, died in, uh, in jail in Dallas um, of, of cancer that was kind of previous, previously undetected, um, Ruby was creating quite a scene in the in the jail, saying that he wanted to go to Washington to give testimony, and he wanted to uh, he wanted to tell um, to tell his story. And then, literally, after he, he kind of had an outburst at um, El Warren and saying he wanted to 
testify at the Warren Commission, literally a couple of weeks later, he, he just killed over and, and, di- and died of cancer. And you kind of see a theory shown in the JFK movie that um, that he was possibly injected with um, with uh, cancer cells um, at the time and, uh, and 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 rubbed out that way. But um, what a Ruby way to himself go. is Ruby himself is quite a quite a fascinating. Um, Character, perhaps more so than than the most in the uh, in the whole case. But we can get into that probably on another show. And probably do a whole show on just Jack Ruby. Yeah, Jack Ruby is definitely a, a character. Um, and uh, so yeah, there's there's uh, all the different. I mean, can you just list like? Because I feel like well, the government has an interest in keeping this still covered up. So. Their answer to covering up is to put out like a million theories. Like everybody's got a fucking theory, you know. Like there's like so many books. Like you could fill up a whole wall of books just on JFK and the theories that are involved. And to me, that's the cover up right there. It's just that you get like you, the government just keeps hiring one after the other to put forth his own cockamamie theory. So the true one is now hidden amongst all these, you know, the ones that are out there. Um, so you think you lean towards the CIA in industrial military industrial complex, which is basically the thing running the world right now, makes the most sense. Yeah. Um, but why don't you just give a, just a different idea of the gamut of theories that are out there, uh, you know, and, and suspects? Yeah, I mean the the, the one that, I, that probably comes out more than more than most is um, is, is the is the mafia. I mean, obviously JFK and 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 his brother Bobby, who was the Attorney General at the time, were, were prosecuting the Mafia. Uh, and the Mafia were being kicked out of um, of uh, Castro's Cuba, where they had big gambling operations and were making big money. Um, and obviously, the Mafia are, are, are well known for um, for kind of murder and, and, and hits and stuff. And there, there are yeah. even people that have come out in later years, you know, kind of boasting that they, they carried it out. Um, but that might just be more kind of machismo, you know, saying, oh, yeah, we did it, trying to act, act the big man rather than anything behind it. Um, mm-hmm. but, as, but at the same time, there is this, I mean, there's a theory um, that I discussed it on the thread, basically that, you know, there was some kind of plot to kill Castro in, in kind of the same fashion. They were going to use the mafia uh, in Cuba, and the mafia kind of turned it around maybe set up their own little assassination thing, got Kennedy, and then his brother, you know, was left with the task of having to cover up his own brother's death uh, to avoid avoid an international incident, you know, that could have occurred had they, you know, had Russia discovered that we were going to go after one of their big allies and and assassinate him. Yeah, that's certainly certainly another theory and that's one that a few researchers go for that you know the CIA and the mafia were, were both trying to get Castro out of um of Cuba the CIA wanted wanted uh, rid of wanted rid of um uh, Castro and the mafia wanted rid of Castro because they were losing money um yeah. they were both working together on eliminating Castro whether it being using mafia assassins or uh, the CIA were developing different ways of, of killing him, like exploding cigars and poison and and all types of uh, methods. And you know, it, it sounds crazy to, to to people kind of hearing about it, saying, "Well, why, what, you know, the government working with the mafia—that's just crazy." But the, the documents and things are, are all there. I mean, the, the CIA were working with the mafia, and they were working to to kill Castro. But you you, you wonder whether it got to a stage where. They kind of both looked at each other and, and, and said, "Well, he's not—he's not the problem. Maybe Kennedy's the problem. Let's just whatever we're trying to do to, to Castro, let's let's turn this round 360 degrees and let's and let's utilize this on on Kennedy. And then, yeah. You know, Bobby Kennedy, you know, wouldn't would be powerless to do anything because they could they would have the power of blackmail to say, "Well, hold on, you can't say, you know, you can't do do this to us because you know." You lot were helping us to to get rid of Castro, so kind of turn yeah, around and we'll rat on you and we'll tell everyone. Yeah, exactly. You know? And so you had this because to me that's a plausible theory because you think about it like during the Warren Commission and all that. I mean, you'd think that Bobby Kennedy would have spoken up as his own brother and been like, "This is fucking ridiculous," you know. Instead, he went along with it. So 
that gives you some idea that maybe he was in on the cover. Yeah, he went along. Well, I think he, I think he, he went along. To, you know, he went along as the saying is, he went along to get along. Um, when when he was actually um, campaigning f- for himself to become um, um, a presidential nominee, yeah. he actually said that when he be- when he would become president, he would reopen the the um, the investigation. Oh, well, there you go. He just signed his death word. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then literally a few months later, he was uh, he was then rubbed out, which we can probably get into on another show. Yeah. Well, we're going to talk so, about that, and we talk about you know Martin Luther King and the other. Um, uh, stuff that are plus I want to get into we'll we'll have a, a quick show I mean we don't have to you know go as long as we did in this one but just to tie some loose ends up we'll wrap it up here around an hour um, I did extend the show and and it was it has been live this whole time so um, you know uh, people have been listening to it and seems to have a lot of interest here so uh, but before we go um, do you have any websites that you want to just throw out there or documentaries that you think people should look at. Uh, to get just kind of an overview that you know that you recommend. Yeah, I mean, there's there's numerous websites that you, that you can go to. There's obviously numerous books and DVDs and things that have been published. I mean, uh, that the movie JFK comes in for a bit of criticism because there's some kind of far out theories in it. You know, basically saying that everyone in the government is is involved. But as a, as a as an overview of the actual sort of crime and the, and the people that were kind of in and around the crime, it, it's still probably the best. Um, mainstream thing that that people can see to do with the whole case. Um, then it raises things, every every question that can be raised. Yeah, pretty almost. much. Yeah, I mean you can check out some of these. You, you can download some of these items. You can probably see them on YouTube. I, I would I'd recommend the the series called The Men Who Killed Kennedy. There's kind of um, eight or nine parts of that. Um, there's various DVDs around. There was a, an episode of. Um, Conspiracy theory with Jesse Ventura, where he talked about the JFK assassination, which was a, a really good episode. Um, there's some, if if you look uh, around, some of the people that have done books, they've owned, they've all got websites. Um, if you look at such people as Robert Groden, um, Anthony Summers, uh, James Fetzer, who actually does a, a weekly podcast as well. Um, Alex Jones has done some work on the on the Kennedy assassination um, and there's a, a a website that has a weekly show for one to two hours talking about the Kennedy assassination and other events wow, including, that's, that's yeah, including yeah and this website is called blackopradio.com and they do a radio show every week a couple of hours talking about Kennedy Robert Kennedy 9-11 Martin Luther King and various um Political assassinations of, of of kind of of that era, which gets into mm. a lot of stuff. But there's, there's yeah, a, and there is some evidence stuff. also that uh, the Bush family might be involved, um, but some distant uh, relative of theirs. But uh, that's another issue too to get involved. But but we'll see um, because you know the the Prescott Bush, you know they go all the way back to Roosevelt. Uh, so. Yeah, there, 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 there is some research about Bushes being involved, and, and it kind of all leading to the, the, the last Kennedy death, which was which was John Jr. And there's there's research there that's go. been made that maybe George W. Bush had his hand in uh, had his hand in that incident. So uh, who knows? Well, there, there seems you could there seems to be some story about a rivalry that exists between the two families that. That may have played itself out in, in this in the framing of Ted Kennedy with this killing in Chappaquiddick. Uh, you know, the curse of the Kennedy family may be, simply be um, the result of the feud between them and the Bushes, or you know, Prescott, uh, Bush, and, and yeah, because even even as, as we discussed before, even amongst the elite, there's there's uh, there's jealousy and, and and feuding going on. You know, it's not yeah, not everyone absolutely. yeah not everyone gets it's, along at, at the top. In fact, that's the whole that you know every other reason for war is just a couched you know pretext for you know what their little squabbles that they're having amongst their families i mean let's face it you know the the Bush and bin Laden family have are are you know probably feuding, and that's probably what part of nine eleven you know is wrapped up in that you know yeah um but anyway let's uh we'll wrap it up there. We raised a lot of good stuff we'll uh We'll revisit this, actually. I think in the next show we'll we'll go into it a little bit more because there's a lot of different stuff that can be talked about. 
Yeah. Uh, but it, we, we won't do like as long of a show, but hopefully we can get the people that listen to this show. Yeah, we really need some questions. In. Yeah, callers or questions. Yeah, but you know, we, do, don't, we just, haven't I been doing read, this could, show. Yeah, I mean, I can read regular. stuff. But I could read stuff for an hour, but unless we have, we get you know we get feedback and questions, pertinent questions that I can, you know, ask you know that I can answer, then you know we can get we can get to it that way. Yeah, so what, what I want to do is let's try to set up this show for next week at this time, if that if you can do that, and yeah, then, awesome. and then so that way we give people like a week you know notice that this this is when we're doing the show. So if you heard this show, you know, on the download or whatever, even live, and there's some questions that have occurred to you, then write them down, and then next this coming up Monday, uh, you know, we're going to be back on, and so you know, hopefully you can call in and ask those questions. We'll have a discussion based upon questions. If we don't get you know that many questions, then we'll just you know talk about it as much as we can, and then end the show, and then we'll go on to another topic, uh, or maybe even delve into you know Martin Luther King or the the brother, or you know they're all related, and so because uh, they all kind of happened in a short span of time. So I just want to thank Mark Wren for, you know, taking the time to go over this issue. Uh, it, it never ceases to, you know, amaze me just all the things that have sort of been uncovered but yet not solved in this case that is how old now? <laughs> I mean, like, so yeah. you say it's coming coming up on the 50-year anniversary. We still yeah, don't 20, know. Th- yeah, 2013, <laughs> it'll be 50 years, yeah. It's amazing. Uh, so it's a it's a rich subject and it, and it's a thread that when you pull on it it kind of unravels the entire you know edifice that is the the facade of democracy and you know free governance when when you see that behind the scenes these things are happening that are very much hidden from us but this is the unexplained this is uh, time traveler and Mark Duran and I want to thank everybody for listening and we will be back next week at the same time talk about the same thing. All right. Thanks, Mark. Peace. Peace. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.